Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the May, excuse me, it's the June 2nd, 2018 edition of the TetraCast. Joining me today, we first got Adam Reese. Hello. We got James Galizio. Hello. And we got the return of Chow Min Wu. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, so yeah, it's it's great to have you back, Chow. It's been uh, a few weeks, honestly, uh, since you last <laughs> joined us. But um, obviously, you've been busy with many things. I see you're going to be heading out to Japan tomorrow. Yeah, I am, actually. Is there any particular reason, or is it just like a vacation for you? Oh, I'm just visiting a friend in Sapporo. That's basically it. Awesome. I just hope I don't get lost when I go there. That's all. Do you, have you, uh, how long do you plan on staying there? Uh, about two weeks. About two weeks. Wow. Okay. Is there anything you expect to do when you're over there? I, I don't know how often you go over there. But this is why I'm kind of curious. This is the first time I've ever been there. Oh, I really? might go there to get some wow. video game soundtracks, probably. Maybe like the Xenoblade soundtrack. I don't know. I saw that was going on sale recently. So that's a good time to go in that stuff. That's that's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, and <laughs> our exchange rate, I think, is actually is it is it much better for you? Than it is. No, the Canadian exchange rate for me personally, it's like crap. You know, <laughs> I know <laughs> you exchange two thousand dollars and you only get sixteen hundred back. Yeah, I was gonna say because obviously American uh, the dollar is stronger than the yen, but I didn't know about the Canadian the what do they call it the loony? <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> yeah, it is a loony. loony? Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure. So that sounds awesome. The two weeks is a long time because if we think about it, most people don't even get anywhere near that much time. So that's that's pretty fascinating and. Uh, be sure to take plenty of pictures. I'd love to see uh, where everything looks like right now. All right, no problem. Uh, definitely would like to go there one of these days. It's obviously just a budget thing. Luckily, I'm in uh, SoCal, and so uh, the cost to take a flight from LAX to Japan isn't that expensive because you don't have to worry about doing, you know, like if I went from Iowa, I have to go to like Chicago or New York to Japan or something like that, and that just adds up the cost right there. So. One of these days. Oh, my flight's about eight hundred seventy-five dollars Canadian, so that's probably about six hundred dollars US, I think. That's not, oh, and that's kind of what it expect to cost, like anywhere else in the country. So that's not that's not too bad, honestly. I bet obviously it's going to really and really your costs. Yeah. It, it really depends on when you go to. Like if you did like in the winter, it would probably be a lot cheaper that way. Oh yeah, the the ticket price is all like it, it's like it's all different depending on what days you book, you know. It's like really humid around this time of year too for Japan, so <laughs> it's gonna be. Uh, be sure to bring luck. plenty of water with you wherever you go. <laughs> I, I hope that's covered. I, I heard it's rainy season. That's also what I heard. Oh, okay. Then hopefully, yeah, it's good to have somebody there on the ground to tell you what's going on right now. So, awesome. Uh, yeah. So otherwise, you know, um, we're getting ready for E three. Of course, most of us are going. Uh, uh, me and James will be going there. Adam and Chow, of course, yep. probably not. Uh, but hopefully one of these days we'll be able to get you guys over here as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be kind of fascinating because all it starts, it starts on Saturday, uh, next Saturday with EA uh, starting off things. And then on Sunday it'll be Bethesda and is that just Bethesda that day, I think? I don't have it up. Yeah, yeah, it's just Bethesda for that. And then Microsoft is like the morning after. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's like pretty early too, if I remember correctly. And then yeah. got Ubisoft. like eight thirty or something. Yeah, it's it's at least that's when um, a stream begins because I think that they they might not start till a bit later no. after that. But yeah, it'll you be, never know what the pre-show stuff will be. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be kind of fascinating to see what what'll be announced. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on, but just know that yeah, we won't have a podcast next week because of that because we'll be busy doing work for the site. 
Um, but let's get into first off the before we get into the news of the week, of which there's been a ton of news, all things considered. We'd like to talk about the games that we've been playing. So, James, uh, looks like you got into the Mario Tennis Aces demo that released the, uh, the other night. I've heard some great things about that, also some not so great things about that. Why don't you talk about it? Okay, so um, the first off, the elephant in the room is the game has been having a lot of lag issues for a lot of players. I feel like a lot of people have realized, haven't realized that you can actually decline matches and you can see what the connection is going to look like before you get into a match. But even then, I've had a few matches where it's just gotten awful. Like It, it gets to the point where sometimes the lag is so bad that the person that's serving knows that you won't be able to hit it in time because there's going to be so much of a lag between when they serve it and when it gets to you that when you actually press the button, it'll be too late. So they're basically lag switching you or like planning ahead to win the match because of that. That's awful. Um, But when it does work, great game. I haven't really played any ever Mario Tennis. Like the only ever tennis video game I played was when I first got my 360 back in like middle school that one of the uh, pack-ins was a Sega tennis game and uh but yeah it's fun really nice uh a lot of people have been kind of uh saying it's a bit like a fighting game i can see it it has a lot of the same ideas with like a me you, you have this meter um that you build up and you can use special moves and whatnot so i mean it's pretty fun i'm not sure if i'm gonna get it on launch i might but yeah I just hope that the online connection is a bit better for more people because i've been mostly fine except for like a few matches, but a lot of people on my Twitter feed have been saying, oh man, I just can't play it at all. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been pretty great, and I would, I would hope uh, that that story stuff that they've been talking about turns out as good as they are saying it is, because this demo is only for the matches. Uh, nothing about the story yeah. content, right? That's what I figured. Yeah, only the, uh, only the online tournament, and it doesn't even let you use simple mode, so it's only the uh, new uh, energy meter based mode with zone shots and special shots and all that sort of stuff. Um, but enough of that. tennis. <laughs> um, I've also been getting back into the Dark Souls 2 Scholar of the First Sin, um, trying to get through a game, like one more game before we head out to E3, and yeah. I didn't want to get too deep into an RPG because I just know I just knew that I'd get to a point where it'd be like at the climax or something right when I had to head out and that would be ah so frustrating. So going for Dark Souls. No doubt. Since it's just frustrating all the time. It's the only Dark Souls I've ever beaten. Uh Dark Souls 2. And I liked it, but then I'm sure if I had played the other ones, uh the opinion that I would have of it might sh- be I'm liking it, rest. but I can see why people like it less than the first one. Uh, it's kind of broken up. It's kind of interesting how flat the lighting looks. Like even the uh, PS4 version, it's just hmm, interesting. That's it. Uh, uh, just uh, some yeah. more Dark Souls 2 and Mario, Mario Tennis for you, then. Uh, that's basically it. As always, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch with like some in real life friends, but that's pretty much it. Oh, <sighs> friends, those hard to get real life friends. I know all too well. All right, so Adam, uh, it's been kind of more of the same for you, it seems. Uh, you've been playing more of the Elder Scrolls Online, which we'll have a review up, uh, and then, of course, Final Fantasy fourteen. So you said you've been making some progress there. Yeah, uh, with Elder Scrolls Online, I finished off the story of the Somerset Isle stuff. Uh, it wasn't that long. It was only, like, I guess, uh, 12 hours if my game time is anything to go by, although I 
did spend a couple hours trying to grind out a certain gear that drops from like there's these things called delves which are pretty much just dungeons uh like just going into the caves and stuff and i was trying to get certain uh items from that but i ended up like just kind of like oh whatever and then <laughs> i i ended up like kind of breezing through the rest of the content uh that was it it wasn't uh, as long as some expansions can be, like, uh, but I think that it's a very good-looking game, but at the same time, it's still Elder Scrolls Online. It's the same gameplay you've expected. Just They add a lot of uh, uh, neat-looking uh, scenery and the, uh, some very nice... Um, like, it, it's like uh, the last time you were able to play uh, in Somerset was the very first Elder Scrolls Arena. Uh, they let you play on the island of Somerset that uh, gives the expansion its name, even though, like, there's... The Somerset Isles is comprised of three islands, but the, I think, believe they only let you uh, uh, wander around on the main island in Arena. Uh, so that's... And that, my room's going to be up in a couple days. It's going to uh pretty glowing, uh, but at the same time, uh, got to temper your expectations considering, like, it's still Elder Scrolls Online. It's not the Elder Scrolls everyone wanted, but at the same time, there's still plenty to do. And uh, speaking of expansion content, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV, and I finally got through the base game quests. Oh, and okay, you were talking yeah, about that before, yeah. Yeah, like the very next day from the pod- from last week's podcast, I got through the story stuff, and a nice credit sequence where uh, seen, uh, from screenshots of everything you did during that uh, uh well, it's not. It was more like the content between uh, beating the uh, main story and the expansion, uh, the content of like everything they added between like the base game and Heaven's Ward. They uh, they like highlighted through screenshots while they played music in the background. It was pretty nice. It, like I'm not used to credit sequences for uh, content, but like Elder Scrolls didn't have credits, but this did. So that was kind of nice, just to have that kind of sense of finality. There wasn't any kind of like sequence like that once you beat the Shadow Lord in Final Fantasy XI at all. I believe so. I, I I remember Final Fantasy XI Shadow Lord. Yeah, you did have that kind of end sequence of like because of like Shadow Lord was like I think base game, yeah. uh, and then like you had to go into Rise of the Zillart, which was the expansion that was released with it. But yeah, I think base game Shadow Lord is was the end boss. So it's always weird and, when you see credits in MMO games that's for sure because yeah, it just feels like alright am I done <laughs> is this it yeah but at the same time it's a nice feature to have like just to kind of like uh, it adds to the feeling that you've actually played through a story and yeah. uh, that uh, just the feeling of like oh I can finally move on to Heaven's Word content so I'm a couple hours into that and I'll just continue playing that uh, try not to get distracted by like leveling up other classes like I usually do like I mentioned last time uh, but it's it's like an easy trap to fall into, just wanting to like get everything to thirty and see like okay if if I don't want to play a paladin anymore, maybe I can play a dragoon because um, it's like that's like the content that's like focused on Heaven's Word, like we discussed last week with uh, Kazuma that uh, dragoons and dark knights are pretty much the focus of this, and um, the next expansion, Stormblood, was like red mages and samurai. So yeah. we'll see what happens. That's when they introduced the Red Mage, which is bizarre yeah. when I thought about the fact that they had yet to add it to it, because that was right at the yeah. beginning. Well, okay, I think that was actually in that Rise of the Xylart uh, expansion. With Zylart, the yeah, uh, yeah red, and uh, Samurai was introduced as well, and that's, yeah. like, 
it, when you reach level 50 and even in the base game you get access to those quests so it's like i mean I, I, you have to have storm blood i believe but it's like interesting to just to play at level 50 like dark knight and uh, dark knight um and uh what was it uh astrology Ast- uh it's it's the one you use a globe uh with and uh it's let me astronomer see. is it with the new class, I remember Astrologian. that. Astrologian. It's uh, it's like you use a globe and you can like you switch between DPS and he- and healing and but uh, it's kind of like astrology, but uh, and I believe cards and stuff. But uh, yeah, that that stuff was added with uh, Heaven's Ward, and you start level thirty with those. It's it's weird, like not starting level one with new classes, but starting like at that level, so you don't get that kind of build to like. I'm getting started level one. By the time I'm level 50, I'll have this class all figured out. You're already level 50. You already experienced the level 50 content. So just I have mean, to get I'm used to that. Kind of glad because that means no annoying grindy stuff. Because that's like Final Fantasy yeah. VII. That was one of the pains is going all the way from level one to like the max <laughs> level, which went from 75 to 99. So that was a pain. Yeah. Although, uh, not to get off topic too much, but. There are they did make it much easier in Final Fantasy Eleven to level there, but at the same time, yeah, I can understand that grind element to it. There's still a bit of that there. So, but uh, at the same time, I do I do enjoy some of the grind just because the feeling of like getting to uh, getting through class quests and all that. So, we'll, for now, I'm going to continue playing Final Fantasy fourteen, get through the Heaven's War content, see if I can get the Stormblood, and join everyone else at the content that comes between Stormblood and whatever they decide to do next. Hopefully we'll hear something at... like I, I, At first I was going to think like E3, but I think they're going to save that for like their FanFest stuff. Yeah, that's typically where they've been doing that stuff. But, you know, Square Enix is having their own E3 press conference this year, uh, which they didn't have since 2015 and so it's definitely possible they could be teasing something like that but i assume they'll have their hands full with details about you know tomb raider and octopath and kingdom hearts 3 mm-hmm. and stuff like that so maybe the fun and, and, Mar- and marvel marvel of course yeah that could be big for them especially maybe. the supposed adventures game coming out so that's going to be ff7 uh, remake maybe so uh it might not hopefully it's probably too far who knows but we'll yeah. see at least the tease saga scarlet grace uh, localization announcement We'll talk about E3 in a little bit, but that's just something that uh, I thought about. So yeah, uh, and Chow, you said that you haven't really been playing that much outside of what apparently has been Blaze Blue. <laughs> you know this, I'm playing Blaze Blue, right? Yes, 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 we have been. <laughs> Is that actually out on PC? I thought it was coming out later. Well, it's on sale for like $14, and I invited all these people from the Falcon Discord to play it. Awesome. Central Fiction. Uh, yeah, I saw that on sale recently, too. Like, the, Yeah, as you said, I think it was like the other day I saw it. Oh, Central Fiction, not a... I was thinking Cross-Tag. It's not Cross-Tag Battle. I mean, Cross-Tag yeah. Battle is like $50, don't so... Don't money to Cross-Tag for that shit. That's, until it goes on sale, Don't I would not... I, would. I don't know. That game looks broken. I'm not going to play it. Um, it's, it's like a sad state when you're charging like all that for not even all the characters, and then they're just going to throw in the DLC later. It's just annoying as hell. But yeah, every character that the, uh... I want to play as is a DLC. Like, <sighs> like my main is a DLC. <laughs> and they won't probably me if I'm wrong. Hold on, yeah. uh, they probably won't let you do like competitions. What are you gonna say, James? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Tau Kaka isn't even in sen- well, not some uh, cross tag battle, right? Not even as DLC. I think it, she's DLC. I think I don't know. I can't. I'm not okay. Screw that game. <laughs> That's, That's my main. 
My main has been Carl, but I can't play him too well these days because there's a lot of practice you need to do just to use him. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, that looks like fun, but uh, it's, it seems like it's been a lot of real-life stuff going on, clearly because you're planning for a trip, so it's been kind of busy, I'm sure, for you. Uh, yeah, other than that, for me, it's it's not been a lot in the video games front, uh, just kind of relaxing, taking it easy uh, in between games right now. Uh, I think I already talked about, yeah, I wrapped up Magic Night Ray Earth and Parasite Eve 2. I got those streams up on the YouTube. Um, this past week, it's been mostly catching up on anime, <laughs> so I caught uh, up. I'm going to change the topic here. I'm going to ask, did Adam play Bless? I heard that came out recently, and that was a Oh, no. I haven't played that yet, but I've been hearing some awful things, mostly from you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Kyle, I think, uh, has been talking about... I just... Uh, I've heard some awful things about Bless, like how it's pretty much broken, people are not happy, and I'm almost glad that I dodged that bullet. Well, it, there's other things they're talking about that the at least for around launch day it was that the queues were super long. Uh, there was parts of it like in the tooltips that was Google translated. Um, there's people getting drops for classes that don't exist in the Western versions yet, and so they're basically just useless items at this point. Um, and just a bunch of other things, probably a lot of bots already. I'm sure on that server as well. So never had it where someone changed the topic in the middle of me talking before but that's <laughs> uh but yeah uh sad because we've been covering bless in some shape or form since we knew about it like five years ago and this is how it turned out but hopefully yeah, we'll be able that's to what happens yeah. that thing already went through a lot of shit because uh they had to change localizers uh publishers over here and they uh rebooted the game once or twice because people were upset and over in korea about the state of the game and so it just shows that you can't do that kind of stuff without it still uh being shipped in the way it is it's gonna be kind of sad it's like that underworld ascendant game did you hear about that story that that other game that's been coming out like there was um so there's a yeah this game called underworld ascendant uh just based on an um I think it's based on like a tabletop or something like that. But uh, in any case, there was this big preview event that was just held like a couple weeks ago, and they got really negative reviews uh, or negative impressions about it, about how terrible and broken it is, and how annoying and boring it is. And they said, "Yeah, well, I mean, well, I mean, consider, yeah, considering that's a sequel to Ultimate Underworld, I think that's just going to become a thing where it's like." That's to be expected. No, well, it's, the the, the yeah. point that I was making though is that yeah. that game is supposed to be out in September. And they're saying that they're going to change everything around by yeah. then. Because there's like a lot of stuff that's broken, a lot of core issues broken. And they said they're going to get it fixed up by September. Ain't going to happen. That's just, that's just hard to yeah. see that happen. I mean, considering the legacy that that series has, I'm not surprised. If it's going to be broken, it's going to have to be named with the Underworld. Well, let me finish what I was talking about before. Is that yeah. uh, I've just been kind of catching up on stuff. Um like I said, catching up on anime. I know Chad doesn't want to hear me talk about anime. I think that's why I changed the subject. Um, no Megalobox. Megalobox, hell of a show. Oh my god, that show is awesome. I can't get enough yep. of it. That's probably one of the best shows I've seen in years. Uh, it's been insanely good, every single episode. It's only 12 episodes. The is so good. Oh yeah, the 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 song the the soundtrack is great. It's kind of like Samurai Champloo a little bit, which is lovely. Yeah. Uh, action's awesome. The story's been great. Characters are awesome. Uh, just about, have a lot of fun with that, but um, 
it's also been like uh, I finally got around to watching My Hero Academia, which has a a video game coming out that doesn't look so hot. <laughs> Just looks kind of eh. like but, most anime video games. <laughs> yeah, it's it, the adaptation doesn't look so great. Uh, but the show <laughs> itself, I've been having a lot of fun with. I finally got to season three, which is the currently airing season, and it's been a blast. Just every single. Are you episode. caught up with season three? Like at the no. the episode that came out. No, I, just said, I just I just started at season three. I've not got up to the. I've only like ah. on the first or second episode of season three. So yeah, I'm almost there. Um, I didn't realize there was like 48 episodes when I was all the way back on episode 10. But the good news is because I, I. So what happened is that I dropped the show before, mostly because that's kind of how I tend to do things. I forget to go back, and then they announce the second season. And then once there are a few episodes in, it's really hard for me to want to lock on. That's why like I can't get into shoujo anime too much. It's because stuff like that happens. But the show's been so good to me that I wanted to watch it, and it was good that I dropped it at the time I did, because when I came back, everything was really intense, because it was at the end of season one, or at least the first core. Uh, so I had a lot of fun getting back into it. Um, but yeah, that's that's been kind of it. Just watching a lot of shows, getting ready for next week, as you guys, uh, as you are, James. And uh, yep. hopefully we'll have much more we want to play when we get back. So let's get yep. into the news then, now that we've gotten that taken care of. So, uh, the one big thing that came out this week, um, there's, there's been a few stuff, so fortunately we have plenty to talk about, is that the Pokemon company had a stream. Uh, they only had announced maybe like a day before, if not, actually, they, I don't, I don't even remember they even announced it, they just kind of released it out of nowhere, uh, that they are going to be, uh, well, okay, so just to kind of wrap things up is that, so they announced a game, Pokemon Quest, a free-to-play game, or a freemium game in any case, for the Switch. That's, that came out right around the time the stream uh, was, I mean, the, the, the stream was shown. And then they also announced Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. So let's hey, go. Hey, let's go. Let's go one, uh, one at a time here. Uh, James, did you have a chance to play Pokemon Quest yet? Uh, yes, uh, I know we have a bunch of guides up on the site, but personally, I do not like it. It is probably my least favorite Pokemon spinoff in the last, like, five years. Not like, was it Pokemon, what was that other Pokemon free-to-play game? Rumble? Rumble? I think people Yeah, there was Pokemon Rumble, yeah, there, well, Pokemon Rumble had a bit more depth to it. It wasn't, like, all cooldowns all the time, and I mean, I, I will say one good thing that, uh... Most of the Pokemon spinoffs have done recently is that they'll have microtransactions, but then they'll have items packs that are coincidentally like, like twenty bucks that are basically you get that. That's all you need to for pretty much the entire time you play the game. So I mean, but eh, Pokemon Quest, it's just cooldowns, blocky art style. The art style's cute. I mean. Not much it's I can Pokemon, say, right? what do you expect? They have yeah. they kind of like build just straight off the cuteness. That's kind yeah, of imagine if Nintendo makes a getcha Pokemon game, the whole world would break hell loose. I mean oh, no. I, I mean I probably wouldn't put it past them at this point because they probably see money in that, but there's already ways to spend real life money, so it's just as bad as gotcha in that case. <laughs> uh, but I'd like to think that they haven't heard of gotcha yet, but when they do, then it's all uh, they have They're Fire Emblem with Heroes. Games. Yeah, they made like three hundred million dollars from last year for hey. that. <laughs> That's not Nintendo, them, by the way. It's the Pokemon company that would have to know about it, and they do. Uh-huh. They surely, they certainly do. Uh, but yeah, it's it's Pokemon <sighs> Quest to kind of wrap this uh, uh, to uh, kind of describe it. It's using what appears to be voxel graphics, which makes all the Pokemon characters look like Minecraft uh, characters, <laughs> and it looks like it's only of the uh, first generation of Pokemon. 
and then it's yeah as you said it's like it's filled with cooldowns and things like that and it's like why whereas like the visuals look nice from what i've heard it's that pretty much everything about it is very forgettable from like the music to the gameplay to the, the mechanics and everything it just everything feels like a, a relic from like a bygone era that they're only now trying to sort of you know take advantage of but isn't that nintendo <laughs> i mean it's not we're not trying to bash nintendo here it's just uh, yeah, what's wrong yeah. with this game but it's 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 kind of weird when you think about all the really quality games on that platform, especially like the indie games, and then you've got something like this when that's happening. So it certainly doesn't. Sorry. No, go ahead. Train. Train. Um, <laughs> certainly doesn't help that uh, it does not play well docked mode. Like you need to play it handheld mode. Otherwise, it's just oof. you have to use a virtual cursor using the uh, analog stick, and it's oh, just that's awful. Yeah. No thanks. Well, let's let's actually change the topic then to something a little more exciting here, or at least slightly more. So another game that, they, like I said, they announced uh, a two pack. In fact, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. And so the hey, way no, that they I get it, Adam. <laughs> the way that they uh-uh. set this up is that um, this is going to be the uh, the Koto region, right? Kanto. Kanto, I'm sorry. So uh they're, they're so it's it's basically set up where you know everyone got really excited when they first announced it during the stream. Everyone was thinking like here's the brand new core Pokemon game that the people have been wanting since they first teased it back during the reveal event for the Nintendo Switch January of last year. Uh but the way that they showed it and the way they talked about it is that it's gonna be what Pokemon Go is for their handheld games as a way to like introduce a new fan base into that into that fold. Um Pokemon Let's Go is supposed to be what gets people into the console games as they start to come out here. And so uh, it even is to the point where you can actually tie your Pokemon Go account to your Pokemon uh, Let's Go accounts. Because the way it is, like your your Pokemon, if I'm not mistaken, they can be tied. Uh, you can keep the Pokemon here. There's even like this Pokeball Plus accessory that you can use as sort of a... Um, uh, once again, I guess accessory for your Pokemon Go account, where in the game on the on the Switch itself, you can use it to throw a virtual Pokeball, uh, even if it's a physical object. You sort of do the motion of throwing, and then it throws a Pokeball and catches them, just like it kind of would be in a, in Pokemon Go itself. But you can also take that accessory with you on the go. And what it does is that it lights up, like the middle of the Pokeball lights up around the Switch. It makes a sound, even does a little rumble when a Pokemon is nearby. And all you have to do is hit a button, and then it captures it. There's no screen on it. You just kind of assume that you've caught whatever the Pokemon happens to be. Which is kind of funny, because it sounds like everyone would show up like a hundred Rattatas or something like that. Because that tends to be all that's around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's when I would play Pokemon Go. It's like, oh, another Pidgey. Oh, another rat. Oh, no, Pidgey. That's yeah, it just makes it just makes me think of that art by that guy that showed like a cracked TV screen with Pikachu laying on the side in front of it, making it obvious like the person just threw their a Pokemon straight at the screen, broke it, and oh man, <laughs> I, can, I can see that happening. People just being over enthusiastic with their throw animation and just yeah. breaking something or taking somebody's eye out or whatever. But that's it's like good. so ten years ago. Like, yeah, the Wii. yeah, the Wii Remote just like just. Maybe they have like those uh, kind of uh, uh, image on screen of somebody like swinging their Pokeball backwards and taking somebody out, like Man, just taking know. out. Pete. I don't know if the Pokemon Go is strong enough to make a like a hole in somebody. I assume there's gonna be like some dumb 
uh, like a YouTube video of somebody like deliberately throwing them into the screen like they do with the Wiimotes. I remember back then there was a lot of that stuff. Which was- it like half in, half into the TV, half out, kind of yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of the thing is that it's it's basically supposed to be inspired by Pokemon Yellow. Uh, so as you said, it's set in the Kanto region, and it'll only have the first 151 Pokemon, so 150 plus mute. Uh, and um, and they're saying there's going to be some Alola region uh, variations, and also that they teased a little bit a brand new Pokemon that's never been shown before, and they said they'll talk about that more later. But yeah, just a single new Pokemon. Otherwise, it's pretty much going to be that. They're saying it's not like a remake or whatever of Pokemon yeah. Yellow, so it's its own thing. It's very much simplified to the point. I think that's your dog, by the way, James. Yeah, I told you. It would be worse <laughs> if you were actually in the room. I love the uh, it's either a train or a dog. He's now official yeah. guest to the podcast. That's a funny. new cameo by James's dog. <laughs> I love dogs. I think I was pretty excited for that game until they showed the Pokemon Go battle system on. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. They, they said well, it's for the uh, uh, for kids. That's all it is. And so it's for me. The way the reason people are upset is that they're not uh, treating it like. Uh, like Nintendo Labo, you know, that's pretty much what this is supposed to be, is that it's supposed to get people into the series that have not are not familiar with it yet. Of course, the fact that we have to wait till the second half of 2019, as they said, for the next uh, mainline Pokemon game is going to make it pretty difficult. They're saying second they're using, half. They're using the term fiscal year... Yeah. They're using the term fiscal year 2019, I believe, which means it can even extend into 2020. And, uh, well, they, they said second half it's of It's going to be holiday 2019. Yeah. They said that. Yeah, they said second half of 2019, uh, which we we'll remember. Like, so. I know plenty of people that were like uh, excited about the idea of a Pokemon Yellow remake, but as more details came out and it became pretty much a, a thing that was like no random battles uh, no. that... like. You can, I was even questioning if, if they were going to like go through the entire game, or if they were just going to have like a best of or something. And uh, as as more details come out, I'm sure that it'll just be less and less of what people wanted, and more and more of what uh, Pokemon Go was for people. Well, let's just kind of wrap up like what the yeah, particular things uh, about that. There's going to be uh, there's local co-op. There's no online co-op. It's local only, so people have to deal with that. Uh, they said there's like some Wi-Fi features, but I think that's only for like content and also to connect uh, to people's like smartphones and things like that to transmit data. You can do that's online it. trading, battling. Yeah. They confirmed it. You just need to pay for Nintendo Switch online. Uh, I actually wasn't able to say my thoughts on this. Go ahead. Uh, I remember like for a very short time, like pretty much everyone, I played Pokemon Go and I liked it a bit. Um I think it's actually good that, that it's this game that's coming out this year instead yeah. of a true Gen 8 Pokemon game. Because my worry was always from the beginning that a one-year gap between Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and a Gen 8 Pokemon game on the Switch would mean that whatever came out on the Switch would be inevitably a disappointment. And like, if you look at what Game Freak has done over the years, you'll know that the games that have had a break in between, like a year break in between them, generally are very strong and a lot of people have been concerned after like x and y and to a lesser extent sun and moon about the amount of content that these games have in the post game and uh twofold i think these games are good news for uh the older fan base because one uh the main reason why uh the pokemon company well game freak focused less on the post game is because they thought every kids were actually playing on their phones now and all that sort of stuff 
So if they're making this sort of game for that audience, then inevitably the 2019 game, they're going to be focusing more on the audience that's been there for the longer time, the one that's still playing the games and played them competitively and played them to actually like explore around the world a lot. So like I, I'll be honest, I was not interested in any Pokemon game on the Switch after like X and Y and Sun Moon because I felt they were doing a lot of changes to the series that I didn't really like. Um, but after seeing how they're kind of having a two-pronged release, the one now with uh, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, and then the one in 2019 with assumedly a more deep, a deeper, more hardcore experience for fans actually gets me more interested in both of those titles because Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, I might actually get into Pokemon Go again. It seems like something different enough that I can kind of say, oh, well, even though it's technically a mainline game, it's also a bit of a spinoff. And since I know those new games are going to be focusing more on the types of stuff that I looked for in a Pokemon game, that means that I can kind of let myself get a bit hyped up for what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean... There's a lot of details about this game. I think it looks great. And so, as you said, it, it gets me excited about what potentially could come because I personally have not played any Pokemon games since Red and Blue. Uh, a little bit of yellow, but that's... Uh, that's a very long time. Yeah. Uh, so this game is made for you. Pretty much. Like I, I was fascinated by Sun and Moon, uh, but I never kind of crossed that threshold to finally picking them up. So I think it's because, as as you said, it's that uh, I think I was kind of holding out for that console experience again. And it's weird to think that this is going to be the first time the core series is going to be on a console, considering. But then you've got, like, you know, it, so far, the Switch, it's been slightly disappointing because, as you said, uh, we've got Pokemon Quest, but we also got Pokemon uh, Tournament, and then... Um, you know, this is going to be coming out here soon. So I think people are going to be super hungry for whatever that, those games happen to be. They're definitely going to be games and not a game. It's going to be two versions, I'm sure, like always. Uh, so yeah, maybe this will be the one that I'll finally, finally uh, yeah. get into the series proper. Um, I think I've been picking up on some of the Pokemon I've been missing. Like, I still only know the first 150. <laughs> the Poker app, that helped a lot. I learned my Pokemon <laughs> that way. Uh, even, like, I've beaten, like, gold and maybe like off the sapphire i still can't really remember pokemon's past 150 yeah it's the most memorable because there was like two or three movies about it so yeah just the starter pokemon for me is all i can remember but yeah hopefully hear some more news about that but the both pokemon let's go uh pikachu and let's go eevee they'll be out on november 16th for the switch worldwide and so hopefully we'll hear some news about that uh if nintendo is having a direct next week well maybe we'll get some details but that might be too soon uh, considering this is like the big unveiling. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of it for that. Uh, but we've got some other things here too, some weird-ass Square Enix news. And so uh, we talked about this before when it was first announced, Valkyrie Profile Lenith, uh, when it came out on mobile. We were kind of slightly, I would say, disgusted uh, by some of the changes they made, like the virtual D-pad. I think Josh talked about it some uh, a little bit. And just the overall feeling that this is how you're going to do it to the series. Uh, but yeah, they kind of just stealth launched it out of nowhere this past week. Um, I didn't even see any advertising for it. No, there wasn't any. They just kind of launched it. Uh, and then they sent us a press release after the fact, uh, which is the exact same thing that happened to Star Ocean and Nemesis, which is the mobile game, the first mobile game based on a series that was out in Japan. 
Uh, to be fair, Star Ocean and Nemesis, that's only up for pre-registration. Currently, it's just for Android users in some territories. I think it's for US and I think even New Zealand, Australia, uh, some other places as well. Uh, but, you know, it'll be out there for the rest of the world soon enough. Also for iOS, that'll be out in July. But Valkyrie Profile Lineth, I've actually got it on good authority from somebody, um, another journalist, uh, Sean Musgrave, uh, who used to work for Touch Arcade. He covered that game, and he talked about how it's actually pretty darn good uh, for a title like that. I think it's. I think I was just turned off by the idea of having those um, the D pad and the buttons on the screen. Like I think that's like the worst possible thing you can do to a mobile game. It just looks disgusting. But I guess if you pair it with a gamepad, then you kind of forget all about that, and it just becomes. Um, a much more sharply detailed game because you're taking a game from the 90s, obviously, and um, cropping it down to a tiny screen. Everything pops more. And I guess they made some uh, other changes to it that make it look better. And so, yeah, uh, that might be the only way we get to play it digitally because they refuse to release it on PSN over here. So uh, have any of you guys picked that game up at all? I beat in the original version and the PSP version. Okay, but not the mobile version. Not the mobile version. Yeah, but I, I know so. in the PSP version they add some, like they replaced the Cinemax with these 3D ones, which is yeah. pretty good looking for its time. I think that's the one uh, Adam, other Adam Vitali talked about a little bit. But uh, you know, he's also a huge fan, and I think he was just as bummed out by the idea of what they would have done. But just be, hearing the good news about like uh, how well it's made. Uh, may change my opinion about that hopefully one of these days we'll get our hands on it and get to try it for ourselves i don't think anyone on staff has played it yet uh but uh just from word of mouth it seems like that seems decent enough and for star ocean um josh actually covered the japanese version a little bit for us um there was a resonance of fate event a collaboration event earlier this year that he took video of for our youtube channel and people can check that out if they want over there uh, but hopefully those events, you know, come over here as well. But he kind of uh, so to, you know, on the um, the bottom line for that was that he thought the story was pretty good. The gameplay was kind of, uh, you know, it's supposed to be sort of like that uh, Tales of Rays game, which I didn't know got is getting shut down, just like the other Tales of the Link game. Uh, that it's like action RPG design, like the typical Star Ocean games uh, from like the PS2 and of course PS3 era. Uh, so. He said the story was good, the writing was good, the characters were decent, uh, just the gameplay was not so much. So that's enough for me to want to pick that game up. So, And they're having this big pre-registration event that, you know, the more people pre-register, the bigger the bonus is, because it's got gotcha, you know, it's got to have that. <laughs> so that's been kind of the thing. So, yeah, uh, once again, Star Ocean will be out in July. Valkyrie Profile Lineth for mobile is out now. So we want to check that out. If anyone else out there has played it, uh, be sure to leave some comments here. I'd be interested to hear what everyone else's thoughts are on uh, on Valkyrie Profile or Star Ocean. That'd be kind of cool. I, I think Valkyrie Profile is one of those very good games. There's only one my, minor gripes I have with it. It's that the true ending, I don't think you could get that without using a guide. It's yeah. so... It's so out of the box. Oh, I'm definitely not questioning the quality of Valkyrie Profile overall. I know that's a damn good game. I'm talking about the mobile version <laughs> specifically. That'd be good to know. Uh, but, you know, that's actually one of those games that's on my uh, uh, wall of shame that I've not played yet. So hearing you say it's good uh, wants me to play it even more. So. They seem to be ignoring the fact that Valkyrie Profile 2 exists because they've always seemed to be focusing on that first game. and just I guess maybe they just 
think that they'll capitalize on the nostalgia. I mean, Kevin and the Plume is also pretty good. If I don't, if I'm yeah, correctly. yeah, there was an RPG Limit Break had that, and I just remembered like I I didn't get that far in that game. I just remember how like depressing it starts out. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that too. I know what you're talking about. So let's get into this news that we can actually talk a little bit more definitively on. So James, this was kind of out of nowhere, and you even posted as much. They added a little as, bit from yeah. Matsuda World. Yep, um, Capcom has continued their streak of announcing new uh, content for the game literally the day before it comes out. So, uh, Lunastra is in uh, Monster Hunter World now. Um, if you played previous Monster Hunter games, you'll probably know her as pretty much a reskin of Piastra, but um, oh, really? luckily enough, she's actually uh, quite different this time around. Definitely shares a lot of the moveset with Tiastra again, but uh, just enough changes that she can be a real pain in the ass to fight. <laughs> uh, we have a guide up on the site right now. Um, if you haven't played Monster Hunter World in a bit, well, if you've already beat the last boss, then Ojiva, like, go get her. Also, there's um, not just Lunastra, but there's uh, Arch-Tempered, monster hunts that are coming like this month i think like the first one i think is kieran and then there's val hazak and they're basically harder versions of uh already difficult elder dragon uh tempered monsters which basically one shot you know and uh this apparently if you hunt them you can build new armor sets so that's cool um Really nice to see that Capcom, ever since, like, March, they've been kind of committing to having, like, big content drops, like, every month. It's, like, a certain uh, Activision-published uh, game could learn a lot from that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's kind of sad, because I think Destiny 2 is about to have, like, this big content, like, the second year of content announcement in a week. Uh, so, hopefully we hear something good about that, because it's only been bad news for them. But Monsanto World is just, as you said, and it's been great, and Capcom did what they said they were going to do, announcing, you know, free content for people who currently own it. They're not making you pay for that stuff. And uh, hopefully uh, they'll have a look at the PC yeah. version of that game soon, because that's supposed to be out this fall, and that'll yeah. be pretty much what I assume is the definitive version of that game. Yeah, hopefully we get a chance to see that E3, though I'm holding my breath. Yeah, kind of hope, because... You hope the quality is up to par as well, because you know that's just a lot yeah. for them to deal with, especially with all the extra content continuously being added. I feel for the devs that have to kind of add that stuff into the PC release and get it all like ordered uh, to be so they don't break it. We'll see what happens. And then that's uh, that's that's kind of leads us into the next uh, gets into like sort of the mystery part of the podcast because the news that have been coming out for some of these games has been kind of crazy. Uh, so. Uh, like, you know, Square Enix, of course, stealth launching stuff has been kind of bizarre. Now we've got... I have no faith uh, in the product. Huh? I'm sorry? They probably have no faith in the product, so they just don't advertise it. I mean, it's... I mean, the, what we just talked about, you know, Valkyrie Profile, uh, Lenneth, the mobile's apparently a good one. Star Ocean Nemesis could potentially be pretty good, but Square Enix produces, like, a billion mobile games a year. People are like... What's with all the mobile games? Like, if you're new in Japan, there's at least like a hundred Square Enix mobile games they have to like launch and then cancel every single year. All these card games, zombie games. Just... Yeah, I've got like a few of them on my phone that are just Square Enix developed mobile games that don't exist. But you know, and then you've got the arcade games. But yeah, the the what I was going to lead to is that Bethesda teased this on a stream. 
Uh, this is actually around the same time po- the Pokemon Company was about to hold their stream. Like they had this weird 24-hour one uh, with Pip Boy and everything on the screen, uh, and then they led to this tease of an announcement uh, just a few days ago on uh, Wednesday. Uh, they showed Fallout 76. And so Fallout 76, this is uh, based on Vault 76, which is a uh, has never been really in any of the games. It's been mentioned in passing, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in Fallout 4 uh, and some of the other games as well. But it's it's yeah. nothing, I think Fallout 3 as well. Um, but if I remember correctly, is that uh, Fallout 76 was supposed to open, I think it was 20 years after the nuclear war. Uh, so it there's not going to be a whole lot of humans around at that time. And so, uh, cause if, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't like fallout three and four, weren't they set like hundreds of years after the fact, I think that's what, uh, that's what the case was. So this is mm-hmm. making it sound like there's not going to be a lot of people around. And so that's actually led to some of these articles from like Kotaku and, uh, the, the verge and some other places as well. A polygon, I should say not the verge, but the a polygon, where they're saying that this appears to be a, a survival online only survival RPG similar to games like Rust and Daisy, and so yep. they're going to take that fort building uh, settlement feature from Fallout Four. Basically, it sounds like they're going to expand on it with a much bigger focus on uh, resource gathering and things like that. So, uh, considering it's supposed to set a couple decades after the fact, that might be the case. Uh, and it's weird that the uh, this is going to be primarily developed by. Bethesda Austin, which is the people that made Battlecry, so this sounds like this is what they've been working on since that game closed down, but what are you guys' opinion on Fallout 76 if this is the way that it's going to go? We don't know for certain, though. Well, assuming that is the case, I think it's an interesting idea for a uh, spinoff, and I think it kind of works within the idea of Fallout. I think it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, or like yeah. Arc or something like that. Maybe it'll be like server-based. What do you think, Adam? <laughs> I think it's a pretty good idea. I mean, like, uh, as long as they don't like um, make this replace what uh, the next Fallout would be. Oh, like, uh, we all kind of tempered our expectations once Obsidian said, "Like, that's not. We don't have any involvement in this." Uh, but I think that, like, you know, like the the crossover between like uh, some people are like a little wary of this because the uh, the building stuff in Fallout Four was not great. It was not really touched upon much by the average player, and people are kind of like where like uh, concerned about like building uh, having a game like built around this uh, feature that wasn't really used much. But um, it brings to mind what happened with Assassin's Creed Three and Assassin's Creed Four. Like in Assassin's Creed Three, uh, you had this kind of you had the ship mechanics of like being able to be on open waters, and you didn't really do much with it, and people didn't really like as much, but when they started, like, in Assassin's Creed 4, when they, like, rebuilt it and made it pretty much a central concept of the game, it suddenly become much better. And I'm hoping that Fallout, like, kind of follows that trend of... Uh, I mean, follows that example, I mean, of, like, doing, like, as much as they can to rebuild that uh, that uh, feature and, like, make it so, like, it becomes a much more worthwhile experience and makes it so, like, people want to do it. Because otherwise, if they, like... If they don't do anything with it and leave it as it is, I can I can't see this game succeeding in even the slightest. I guess we'll find out. I mean, Fallout seventy six. If if I remember correctly, I don't have it up in front of me. I think that takes place in West Virginia, and so uh, that's like the. I heard Canada. I heard it's actually near Washington D.C. 
Wait. Uh, the capital wasteland, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Let me see. I thought I thought Vault seventy six was around West Virginia. Am I am I misremembering things? Let me look this up real quick because it would be nice to know. Because if I'm not, uh, I think that uh, a couple of the uh, expansions for Fallout three and four took place in the um, the uh, Southeast Commonwealth, which is right nearby, and so I think that that it might have some sort of tie into that stuff. What I'm uh, reading, if you want me to yeah, jump in. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, you're right. Washington, D.C., yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so outskirts, it's like it didn't show up in the Capital Wasteland map, according to uh, this information, that it, just, it was on the outskirts or outline area. So I wouldn't expect us to revisit Fallout 3 locations unless they change their minds. But as far as I can tell you, it's just it might like just be able to experience like maybe Maryland or maybe going as far as maybe West Virginia. I don't know, but, uh, so it wouldn't be too surprising. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If they, it depends on how they want to like take it. Like if they want to make it so like, even though like it's like they mentioned it and like follow up three on the, the, the alien ships, they mentioned it and follow four at the beginning, uh, newscast mentioned fall 76. So, We'll see how much they want to like mess with it, but uh, I don't think they want to. I think they wanted to get like familiar for people that played Fallout Three, but at the same time, not like overwrite what they did. And so, uh, or retcon, I guess would be the correct term. Uh, but I think, considering that like nobody really knows much of DC besides the landmarks that they show in Fallout Three, I don't think they were really concerned with like trying to put it in a place where it almost seems like lazy to me. <laughs> like they just, they don't want to put some place where they have to do a lot of like research. I mean, I, the, the thing I'm kind of concerned about is that um, obviously it fall 76 is going to sort of like, it's going to all depend on the audience they're targeting, uh, because if this is supposed to be an online survival game, it's going to be really hard to sort of mesh that with any sort of story or world building because you're not going to be focused on the story when you're worried about your stuff breaking or like something uh, being torn down or being burned or attacked by raiders or anything like that. And so, um, you know, as long as they do right by whatever audience that they're targeting, I'll be okay with it. Um, and I'll be curious that, I mean, I've, I haven't played Fallout 4. I've played a lot of Fallout 3 and a lot of New Vegas, just never Fallout 4. So I'm still um, curious to see what they're going to do with this, this, if this will introduce a new audience. But yeah, I don't think it'll particularly play into what Fallout uh, 5 will eventually be. Um, but I guess we'll find out. You know, uh, They still have to put out new Elder Schools before they put out a new Fallout anyway. So I don't assume there'll be much about that particular advancement anytime <laughs> soon. Unless they decide to, like, you know, Elder Scrolls Online's doing well for us, why not just skip directly to Fallout 5? Because people didn't really like Fallout 4. But we'll have to see. Well, I mean, you can rely on the modding community. There's Fallout New California, mm. which will be out uh, in September. Uh, excuse me. October, uh, yeah. It's October 23rd, apparently. And then Fallout 4 New Vegas, which is another mod creation. Oh. That'll be out soon. And that apparently was not impacted by this announcement. So if, you know, if we have to rely on them, we'll do it. And Fallout New California looks awesome. So. I'm still hoping for something from Obsidian. Obsidian. Yeah. Yeah. You you might cut out a little bit of there, but that's. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's kind of just been the big thing, and then uh, we've also got some news about Anthem. I mean, we knew that at E3, um, Bioware would be showing a new trailer for Anthem, 
And uh, all we got out of that is that they had a little bit of a teaser that they posted on their Twitter account. Uh, and it was very, very basic. There's like only like maybe two seconds, two or three seconds worth of that stuff. Um, but we'll find out about the story, the combat, the looting, and everything else that'll be out uh, E3 as well. So- I, I expect for them to focus more on the solo aspect this time around because they already showed off the co-op and group stuff last time. And they wanted to make it clear that you can play it solo, so... I'd expect for them to like kind of make up for that. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely possible, but we'll have to see. I I don't know if they'll focus too much on solo just because they want to sort of bring the people from Destiny over. Like you can ignore that game, come with us. We're, we're the uh, the better ones to choose for. So I think that they're, they it's all about who they're catering their their game towards. Because even if you can play solo. That's more just the fact that you'll be strong enough to handle it with partners and things like that. I don't know if there's really anything more individualized than that. I think they'll just save that for perhaps a potential like beta or something. The early, the early play, the early access that they want to do for that game. That might be more for that type of stuff, but we'll see. This next piece of news is actually kind of cool. Um, this is something that everyone was kind of excited for, I would say, or at least I was. Um, so when Square Enix announced that they would be putting Final Fantasy 15 on PC, they also said that it would be receiving mod support at some point in the future. So a few months after that happened, that was put on PC, now we're getting the news that on, um, excuse me, I lost my tri- my, my, my spot, uh, June 7th, Final Fantasy 15's mod organizer mod tool will be released. And so that'll give people uh, players the opportunity to make adjustments to the game that they see fit. Uh, I don't have the news in front of me. Does someone know like what the type of stuff that they were talking about that you'd be able to mod? Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure myself. But uh, everyone went quiet for a second. What happened with James? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fine. I actually can pull up right now. I got this up right here. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they're releasing this mod tool. And let me just pull this up here. Uh, it's I actually. Yeah, you can change. Yeah. I, I got it. Uh, you can change character and weapon looks. And tweak weapon stats. There'll be a catalog of provided models and player-made modes can be shared via the Steam community. And it says both the uh, PC and console versions of the game also see the patch that fixes trivia bugs. Okay, that that's unrelated stuff. But yeah. yeah, and also be able to make their own little location dungeons, like uh, just be able to make your own kind of, I think, experience pretty much. And like the modding, like so far uh, before these tools were even mentioned, was just people putting songs of that they wanted. Like boys are back in town, of course. They have to put that in the, the car radio, and just uh, they had to, they, uh, people putting their own like just mo- uh, placing uh, music files where and overriding others. And uh, but now like again, this whole fun of tool set like. It almost makes me think of like back when like Neverwinter Nights came out, and you could pretty much do whatever you want. People were creating their own games, and I'm curious if people are going to like uh, establish these communities around like modded um, gameplay experiences, and just it, it it opens up a like a pretty much a world of possibility with this game now. You bet Kazma's down here. Kazma's a huge fan of Neverwinter Nights, and so he'd have yeah. plenty to say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just talk about Neverwinter Nights. I mean, we could potentially. That game yeah. came out on uh, there was that PC release not long ago. James, go ahead. Yeah, enhanced edition. Oh no, I don't have anything to say. I haven't played Neverwinter Nights. Oh, oh. Uh, but anything regarding this? That's about, about <laughs> your stuff. Uh, I still haven't played Final Fantasy 15. I mean, oh, me cool that 
mod organizers yeah, yeah. coming out. I, I, think, mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't played it much myself cool. uh, because, yeah. yeah, just wanted to uh, complete the other Final Fantasy games and now that I have 14 to pretty much take up all my time, I kind of dropped uh, 15 and went straight to that. So about, I know how that feels. What about you, Chow? What do you, how do you feel about this news? Final Fantasy 15 news? Are you playing Blaze Boost still? What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I thought you guys were talking about Never Enter Winter Nights, but. I love you, but. <laughs> sorry, I was, was not in the zone. I was reminds me of how a few months ago I was playing Monster Hunter while I was on the podcast. <laughs> like, uh, he's like, oh, what? It's <laughs> hard to concentrate when you're fighting somebody. I uh, can go back oh, well. to the game, man. We'll just continue. The, we'll, we'll wrap things up pretty soon anyway. That's okay. Um. Yeah, uh, unlike with you, James, is that I have not played Final Fantasy XV yet. I think in part it's because I, even from the beginning, I did not like the cast that much. At least, especially like the the five guys. Yeah, uh, I just there's something about them I just didn't really like. I don't know if it's like the design or just their style. It seems like every single character you can point towards someone else in the Final Fantasy past. Like that's pretty much what he's supposed to be, and uh, something about it just turned me way off. I think it yeah. might be in part because it was only it was all male cast. That was kind of I don't know, kind of like party boy central, and didn't really get uh, something I was interested in uh, for that kind of game. It was not as is- eclectic as the other Final Fantasy like nine. Uh, but with this, uh, you've got the modding tools, and so someone made the crack joke is like. How long is it going to take until someone mods 2B from Nier Automata into like all the character models, and that's everyone you see is just 2B? Uh, yeah, I'll give it like maybe an hour or two. You're going to say something. I'm curious if this is going to bring you back, Zach. If it's, if these mod tools are going to bring you into playing the game, trying the game again, because I'm sure that's like what the uh, might be uh, something you'd have to like kind of get over the fact. And I'm wondering if these mod tools are help that. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I've not played it at all. Uh, it was I was not in any rush to, uh, just because from all the things I heard about it, it's like I've beaten every other single player only Final Fantasy game so far. Um, I even got back to Final Fantasy XIII. I uh, got that taken care of. I've not played thirteen <laughs> two or Lightning Return, so maybe that kind of in some way counts. But I've even beaten ten and ten two, and that's like that was a yeah. pain in the ass because I, I still need to play the the I still need to play through thirteen two and thirteen three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Can't stand 10 or 10 too, honestly. I hate those games. <laughs> uh, but the modding tools uh, makes, like you said, it's, it, there's a lot of potential there because they've never done this before on their PC releases. Uh, there's actually early Final Fantasy PC releases have not been so great. Uh, so this is going to be fascinating to see. Uh, Lightning Returns, I think, was like the turning point for their quality, that they the, the stuff that they worked on. Um, but I'm going to be very curious to see what people come up with. I'm hoping Nexus Mods already has like a section dedicated to it. Uh, of course. Oh, I'm sure. Community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but it's I'm probably excited. where all those songs are placed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, the the only downside is that yeah, you can't like change the voices. So it'd be kind of weird if you had like a female character with a male voice, yeah. unless someone came so not, in and edited well, the could, voices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could probably like take like Arana's like voice and just replace the files or something i don't know i think that would be like uh, kind of going extreme that'd be very Uh, ambitious like like make it their own like kind of whole like video series i don't know i mean they could actually expect so good i would expect some kind of video series uh, to come out of these mod tools yeah of course you know what you're talking about like you know like machinima or something yeah 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 exactly (laughs) machinima Oh my or maybe like uh, come play my uh, own story where you have to follow these signs, just like a Minecraft server or something. 
I, I'm excited for it because if that means the potential for total conversion mods, that'll be exciting because that engine yeah, yeah. looks great. Uh, and if someone can inject their own entire story into it, that could be very exciting. So let's uh, wrap things up. A whole other game. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, so let's wrap things up by offering some of our E3 predictions about what we hope to see next week. And so we're, we won't spend too much time on this. I'm not going to go through each and every single conference. Uh, but let's let's just kind of hear you guys' thoughts. Um, how about your top three things you hope they announce at E3? We'll, we'll try to be as somewhat realistic as possible because i mean i would love to see like maybe a new vita but that's not going to happen because they said so as well uh but how about we, we go down the line i know chow you're busy let's start with you well, i know I'm, I'm i'm free right now <laughs> you, got yeah, <laughs> you beat the you beat the you beat the guy so it's fine now yeah all right cool yeah I, he's not just fighting one person now <laughs> oh okay he's got a group all right so chow uh what are your uh, uh a few just like uh, three things that you would love to see announced at e3 um, I want to see the Fire Emblem game. It's like yeah. I've been hearing all kinds of different news about this Fire Emblem for the Switch or something. There's there's like a joke. I don't know, not a joke, but there's like a picture of Fire Emblem Wii Awakening. Is it like a 3DS port? There's like an air leak that says memories. Like, what what is it? You know, I want to see the real thing, right? Yeah. That's on my most anticipated release. It would love and, to see Fire Emblem right now. And I want to see a new Final Fantasy VII trailer. It's like, is this whole thing scrapped? Is this whole rumor of it? You know, being canceled, is it real? You know, it's like, I want to see some new thing, you know? Yeah, I haven't heard that rumor either. Yeah. Well, it's not like canceled, but I heard that they fired the company that was developing on it because they said that their assets were no good or whatever it was. Uh, I don't know. That's not a rumor. That's that's something they actually outright said. That's a fact. (laughs) But yeah, that's, I want to see what it looks like now. You know, that's what I'm more curious. Is there anything else? Is just that. Just those two things. Um, then the third thing I want to see is some somebody also made a leak and said they're going to develop Final Fantasy Tactic Two, which sounds too BS to be no, true. So no, yeah. make... Okay, let's 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 back this up a little bit. We talked about this before. Yeah, Sumi Mitsuno during a stream for Final Fantasy Fourteen, where he and his old team, along with some new people, were playing Tactics. He showed off concepts for Final Fantasy Tactics Two that was in development back around the time, like the late nineties, early two thousand. <clears throat> That when it would have been appropriate. <laughs> yeah, that got canceled because for what he said, for some reason or another, uh, that got shelved and ultimately canceled because they couldn't make it work out. That was actually going to be outsourced to a different company, apparently, for development. But that was a thing at some point. It's just sad to see that that series has been treated that way. But that's 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 actually did that actually did happen. Yeah, those are my three most anticipated release. Um, like maybe like a Bayonetta free trailer, maybe I don't know, but yeah. that's basically that'd be, cool. now. that'd be awesome. I would hope to see that too. Uh, James, yeah. how about you? Um, I guess get the obvious stuff out of the way. I want to see a Bayonetta three trailer. I'm sure we're gonna see something about Metroid Prime Four. Oh yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Oh my gosh. Um, we're also definitely going to get information about Fire Emblem. I mean, if it's still coming, even if it's getting delayed until next year, we're probably at least going to get a title for it or something like yeah, that. We got a tease before uh, before for it, so it'd be nice. Um, the big thing that I want to see, and this might be a little silly, is I want to see Dungeon Travelers 2 2 localized. Ah, two, two, two. That, that this might is be like the. Sorry, go ahead. Those are actually decent games. They're actually decent yeah. dungeon crawlers, good, but they have a good, yeah. They're good dungeon crawlers. It's just like if this is basically the last chance for any announcement for that to be localized legitimately, because like Sony is saying, I know it will, it will probably be digital only anyways, but Sony is outright saying, no, we're not going to print any physical uh, beta games in the West, like past 
X date. Uh, so, you know, what was the date? Do you know? That's fair. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna be February oh, when that's gonna be, be stopped like completely. But what's it? I mean. If you think about those games being localized, there was only like usually just like a special edition for those for the most part. Not just, I mean, I'm talking about Dungeon Travelers because I, if I remember correctly, there was a physical version of two. Um, but yeah, it's not going to stop the release of, of digital only versions. So it'll, it could potentially come here in some form. But that, uh, that might be more of like an anime expo thing, if I'm not, because. Yeah. Well, but Atlas, from what I get, what I gather, they make most of their announcements around E3. Even if they sure. don't necessarily show the game on the E3 show floor, they'll announce it around that time. Like, remember what happened with uh, Caligula? They literally, like, right <laughs> no, as E3 was ending, they... <laughs> oh, God. Well, they might oh, announce I mean, the remake of uh, Uta Rabi Rumano. That, too. That, too. <laughs> but... I like how you guys are trying so hard to save these names. It's, it's hard, okay? <laughs> but anyways, Caligula, I mean, as, as crappy as the game was... Um, we might get the PS4 version now that I think about it. As crappy as it was, what I'm saying is it was announced literally right as E3 was ending. That's so, right. I mean, it was on the Friday because like, uh, Adam was like, oh, I guess I got to write some news because he thought he was going to take a break. But that kind of, I yeah. think it was actually no Thursday because I was sitting there with Josh and was just like, we got something for Adam. No, I, I, remember, I remember they literally announced it the hour that E3 ended. He, it's it's the funniest thing people i mean people are listening to the podcast around there but that around that time we were basically covering media updates and things like that for each game as well uh, along with this other news and he was like the only person on the site posting like like very um uh very good about posting news about caligula like anytime there was updates he was sharing on the site even if there's a very slim chance it would be localized it was at a time that he was like just i guess posting everything uh and we said hey adam good news <laughs> it's gonna happen it's great yeah but yeah that, that's, but, uh, that's potentially true that's for sure yeah, I would love to Travelers two, two. i'm trying to think of what other games that i feel like have a chance to get announced yeah um how about animal crossing Animal Crossing, I do not think it's going to be this year. I do not think it's going to be this year. They've already announced their uh, November game. They, Everyone's assuming that Smash Bros. is going to be September or October. I think that is reasonable because yeah. that's when the Nintendo Switch Online hits. One they might have something. I feel like if Fire Emblem is going to be 2018, it's going to be their December title, kind of filling that spot that Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> X filled in 2014, was it? Or was it 2015? 15, I think, yeah, because we had to wait until next year to uh, cover it for the site. Yeah, but anyway, something like that. Uh, I don't think Animal Crossing is possible. I think maybe Pikmin 4, but that's what everyone's been thinking for like the last three E3s ever since we noticed said, oh, it's almost done. It's like, okay, it's been three years now. Where is it? All you've got is that 3DS game, which was disappointing. Uh, Yeah. Hopefully you hear something about that. But, uh... Yeah, hopefully Pikmin 4. I actually finished up Pikmin 3 last year in my uh, 52 games a year thing and uh, kind of in the mood to play the next one. Yeah, you talked to us about that, I remember. So that would be pretty cool. How about you, Adam? <laughs> uh, I think uh, one I've been most curious about is how, besides like that From Software uh, teaser, yeah. uh, that Ghost of Tsushima, I want to see actual gameplay, and I'm cur- like I'm sure they'll show some of it, but I'm curious uh, how that game's going to play. Is it going to be like a Neo kind of thing, uh, or is it just going to be like trying to do some unique things, like trying to be like Tenchu all over again or something? It's uh, unsure. 
It's it's um, it's one of the four main titles Sony's going to be showing at E3, so that'll d- definitely yeah. be the case, I'm sure. But that's a good I'm, I'm curious to yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, I think I'm still confused about what Sony's doing for E3. So they have these four titles um, that they're going to be showing off. Are they not announcing anything outside of those titles? or well, They could potentially, but that's going to be the main focus of their entire press conference. It could be that they'll announce stuff on the side, but there's not going to be any huge announcements outside of that. That's what it seems to be the case. Ooh, that's, that's going to be a bit of a repeat of last year. Yeah, and, and I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's probably going to be the repeat as well that they're not going to be at Gamescom. They might wait till Paris Games Week, so we might have to wait a bit for any big news for the West because Tokyo Games Week is not obviously related to us that much. Yeah, well, yeah. at least Nintendo is probably going to have a you few know, big announcements. Did you see? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Adam, I, we'll finish up no, it's fine. a bit. But uh, did you see Capcom extended the trademark for Deep Down <laughs> again? That thing, I guess, is still alive in some form, or they're just trying to hold on to that thing for a, like a potential what could happen. But like talking about Sony properties, that was like one of those pre PS4 announcements was deep down, and the fact that that's going to be coming out. Like, just don't know if anyone's really excited about that game anymore because kind of from software is you know doing everything that we would want from that. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's um, what the Dragon's Dogma would potentially be. I do wonder. At this point, it's pretty obvious that Devil May Cry 5 is probably going to be announced yeah. sometime during E3 week. Yeah. But if it's not going to be at Sony's, could it be announced at Microsoft's yeah. press conference? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of sad when you think about the fact that there's been other games that they've announced that they've canceled, like Scalebound. But that's potentially uh, very possible. And, and uh, you know, they could buy the rights. It's the same as like that Assassin's Creed Odyssey game. Uh Mario Odyssey's twin brother. Uh, that that potentially will be another Microsoft property thing they'll announce there. But it's kind of hard because like we we might cover that game because Origins, but it's hard to say whether they'll keep the RPG elements there. So it's kind of I didn't really want to cover it during this podcast because we don't know what genre it's going to fill. So yeah. But Adam, uh, what else were you interested in? Uh, see more about Shenmue One and Two if they bring it over there. Oh. See more of that. Uh, uh, two things that I'm hoping to see and I don't expect it to see because it's kind of like long shots. Maybe a near one remake or remaster. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. And uh, hopefully, I and this is like the longest of long shots that I don't even know why I'm bringing up, but some mention of that Grand Blue game. Oh, Project um, Re. No, Reprint. Relink. Relink, sorry. Yeah, Chow, you would know. Yeah. You're a big fan, a great fan of Yeah, they, they're giving free stuff again because they launched this uh, other mobile game in Japan called Horse Girl. <laughs> oh, that's the anime. Oh, it's actually an anime oh, that's yeah, a crossover. That. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the thing. Uh, funny enough, that Grand Blue Apparently the anime is good. I should watch it. Yeah, I heard I yeah. heard the same thing, uh, that it's got, like, horse phones, that the, pho- the phone's so long that it, so it could fit their mouths, but also their ears, so it's really long. It's, it's like, the weird little details about that show. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Grand Blue if Stuff not, is like, going yeah. uh, go to gonna be at Anime Expo as well, so that's... I'm kind of curious to see if they'll be, have anything at Anime Expo regarding that game, because that... The, potentially, but it's not been announced for localization, so it's kind of... Yeah. And then, and of course, maybe some Beyond Good and Evil 2 stuff. Oh, Definitely awesome. some Beyond Good and Evil 2 stuff. I'm, I'm really hoping that they bring back Wild sometime. Yeah. Michael Ansel's you know, That'd be great. Ubisoft is going to have a conference. Maybe they'll share something about both. But I think maybe that, a Paris um, game or something. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Michael said it, like his focus is on Beyond Good and Evil 2. I think he shelved that project for now, sadly. Mm. But we'll hopefully hear about it. I think actually someone asked him about that recently and is like, yeah, we're working on it still. <laughs> Which, yeah, you know, I, I think I remember that. It was like early this year. It's like he's just saying, like, oh, 
uh, well, we're doing this first, but we, it's like, I think he said like he was actually focusing, like trying to prioritize with Beyond Good and Evil 2 just because of how long it's been. Yeah, he wants to do both at the same time. It's going to be curious to see if he can manage that. Uh, for mm. me, you know, like the big announcements I would like personally is a Steam release for Final Fantasy Tactics and Xenogears. <laughs> like they're celebrating their anniversaries this year. I think that would be huge for me. Uh, so if they're having that Square Enix presentation, I would love for that to be part of it. <laughs> It'll be kind of silly because if you think about it, when they announced at PlayStation Experience the Final Fantasy VII on PC announcement, that was like everyone was disappointed. If they announce both of this stuff in the same fashion, it's going to be like extra disappointing. Um, Just have him laughing again. Yeah, I mean, have that I, be another meme. I literally, I think I told the story before, but on at PSX when he was announcing that when Shuji Hashimoto, when he announced that, um, I said I like ha, I laughed at really loudly when it was quiet because people was all excited. I was like ha, oh no, it's not what they think it is because <laughs> I I knew about it beforehand that what it was going to be announced it was ridiculous. And then they kept running the trailer and, uh, and the outside of the convention and people were still walking by it and complaining about it, but. Uh, yeah, it's tactics and Xenogears for Steam would be great to have, um, just to sort of give me another way to play those games uh, without having to get a PS3 out. Some acknowledgement of Xenogears. Some, can you please acknowledge Xenogears? Can can you please? Thank I you. I mean, uh, speaking of which, it'd be great if Bandai Namco straight up announced those Xenosaga HD remasters because they trademark. Uh, was it uh, the third one? I forget the subtitle. Also, Sprout Zarathustra. That yeah, that was uh, trademarked. Thustra. So hopefully we'll hear something about that, but that might be for Tokyo Game Show or Anime Expo because that's Ben and Nemco has been sort of bringing their bigger announcements there. But I guess they have they could potentially have something big to show. Hopefully, hopefully you're something well, about they, that. They did those hack remasters, so I'm sure there's a chance of that coming out. Yeah, and there's also those DS versions. I I don't want to see them remastered, but who oh. knows? I mean, that was just they were just the same games, but like they cut yeah. all the content now. But you know, the Dot Hack remasters showed that they put a lot of effort into it and i would love to yeah. see if they uh work with uh monolith soft to do something as well because even if the fact that it's over there it's like they could release it on sony and ps4 on ps4 and, and switch and stuff like that it'd be great to see xeno saga uh be revived in that form because it's sad to see cosmos and all these other games and nothing around there um yeah like in xenoblade 2 <laughs> it's well yeah and actually, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, we could see more Rare Blades, maybe collaborations with other developers. That'd be kind of fascinating. Now uh, you have Welltall. That's yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's kind of it. I don't usually, because I'm so used to E3 now, it's been, I think this is like my uh, ninth E3 at this point. Like, uh, actually, eighth. But uh, I'm sort of, sort of tempered my expectations to the point that I don't tend to make huge, uh, huge guesses on this stuff because I kind of don't want to be super disappointed ahead of time so i'll just say steam ports that'll be all right because then we can get the mods over there as well the the hacks people have made for that it'd be easier to manage um and tactics really needs it by the way war of the lions because the slowdown shit um so that's it for our podcast so we can wrap things up here so as always you can find us on rpgsite.net where you can find reviews for moonlighter which is a hell of a game apparently Cosmo loved it he talked about it last week, so that's the case. Liz reviewed Nepenthe, uh, which is this weird indie game that has this weird like crayon drawing style to it. Uh, I don't know if she was... It didn't seem like she was super into it. Uh, Little Witch Academia Chamber of Time, which Josh really didn't like. 
really <laughs> I'm like playing it. that too. Really, I can really, tell you really. why he hates it. Yeah, it's apparently garbage. Uh, so you might want to stay far away from that. But you'll you can read our review to find out more. And as James said before, we've got guides for Pokemon <laughs> Quest. We got that Monster Hunter World Nonastro guide to to know. Don't more forget about my that. review. Uh, and well, yeah, this week we'll have the review for Edel Schools Online. Somerset, that Adam, yeah, you you managed for us. Uh, so we'll get people can check that <laughs> and learn more about that. So yeah. we'll find out more. Uh, but that's it. And then uh, you can always find us on Twitter at uh, at RPG Site. The handle you can find us on Facebook.com slash RPG Site Net, YouTube channel YouTube.com slash RPG Site Net. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Just search for TetraCast. Please leave reviews. That'd be great. It'll give us more exposure. You can also find us on our permanent Discord link, discord.me, such RPG site. We've got an E3 channel open so people can hang out and talk about what they hope to see at the show. And, of course, when it's going on. Um, and lastly, we'd like to show where you can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you, Adam? You can find me at Adam, uh, A-M-R-E-S-E. James, um, you can find me at the Sweet on Twitter at t h e s w w e e t. That was not on Twitter, so uh, you can find me at Zach Reese. And so that's it. Like I said, we won't be here next week because uh, Saturday is going to be kind of busy uh, with uh, EA going on right there. And yeah, we did want to make a correction here. We talked about it earlier, but uh, Microsoft's conference is on Sunday. So just to kind of give a rundown, people are curious. Yeah, it's EA early, very early. Uh, this is Pacific times, of course. Eight o'clock on, on on Saturday. Microsoft is ten o'clock on Sunday. Uh, Bethesda is at three thirty on Sunday. Devolver has their hopefully will potentially be another crazy ass conference like they did last year. <laughs> yeah. Someone's like head blew off, I think, and there's a lot of blood. Um, Just imagine if it's normal this time around. What it is? <laughs> that would be. I mean, if it's a very street laced one, I'll be surprised. But that'll be at five o'clock that night. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some good news. I'm excited about that because I love me some indie games. So I'll be curious to see what they manage to get the rights to uh, or helping publish. Square Enix. Uh, like we talked about, we'll follow up on Monday super early, seven o'clock. Um, so, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Let me let me go back here a little bit. I'm messing up because I'm looking at the Hawaiian times. We got this little list here. So, <laughs> EA is eleven o'clock on on Saturday. Microsoft is one p.m. on Sunday. Bethesda is at six thirty on Sunday. Devolver is at eight o'clock late uh, night on Sunday. Square Enix is at ten a.m. on Monday. Then followed by Ubisoft at one. PC gaming show at three o'clock, which we might get some pretty good news. Maybe that's where they'll announce like the tactics and Xenoku Sports. I don't know. Uh, Sony, uh, as always, they always have their show around six o'clock uh, on Monday night, and then Nintendo's uh, Direct will be nine o'clock on Tuesday, and then uh, that will be it. So that's a lot of conferences, but you can bet we'll have all the news up on the site as we cover it. Uh, we've got some dedicated staff back at home that'll be covering that for us, and we'll of course be posting our impressions. Be sure to stay tuned to our social media channels where we're covering the event itself. A lot of pictures, video. I'll be sure to take a lot of videos of games on the site. If there's anything else you specifically want us to check out for you, uh, leave a comment. We'll try our best, uh, but we've got a lot of great exclusive stuff that we'll be able to share with you guys. Some crazy cool meetings um, with stuff that I don't think we've ever had the opportunity to cover as in-depth as we can this time even some opportunities for direct game capture so we'll have stuff on our youtube channel as well so i once again i'd just like to thank adam and james and chow for being a part of this podcast catch us in a couple weeks for yet another edition of the tetracast bye everyone